HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Sam Edwards. I'm third generation cure master from S. Wallace Edwards and Sons in Surrey, Virginia. We support the Heritage Radio Network because we believe in the cause and what they're doing. They're supporting family-raised livestock, small family farms, uh, certified humane, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free. Basically, we take the products from Heritage Foods USA and make them into uh, Serrano-style hams, prosciutto-style hams, bacon, sausage, like my grandfather did. You can find us at surreyfarms.com or virginiatraditions.com. Welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with the girls, ladies, women of Gastronomista.com. Now, Gastronomista is an art and design blog that focuses on the culture of food and drink. I'm going to ask you guys where that name came from, because I know it's been referenced before in the New York Times. Uh, I think Christian Moke had defined it, uh, you know, a few years back. Um, but why the blog? Why did you start it, and why did you name it such? Oh, and I should also say it's Jennifer Lynn Pelka and Emily Arden Wells who dressed up to a T for the show, as you do on radio. <laughs> uh, thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, so the blog started about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. Um, Emily and I have been friends for five, six years. And um, we'd been talking about doing a site together. We were always sharing um, really cool design sites, uh, links that we found. Um, Emily especially is very aesthetically driven. So is always finding sort of really unusual um, items. And rather than just sort of keep them in the annals of our Gmail, uh, we decided to put it up. And Emily did amazing graphics for us. And then um, it started from there. 
And you you picked Gastronomista. As soon as that article came out, you pretty much yeah. The name actually came it. from that from oh, that yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's perfectly. It's apropos. It's so defined of what you guys do. And we do reference the article in the definition of gastronomista on the site. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that is the root of it. We also, if only we had thought about it a little bit more, because it's, <laughs> it's a very difficult word to pronounce. Really? And, yeah, and people to don't spell. Remember. Yeah. And no one ever remembers it. I, we can actually track what people Google and the spellings so of it. So what other comical. iterations of gastronomista come well, up? Some Just, people confuse us with gast... Uh, gastronomica. Yes, yeah. gastronomica. Yes. Um, and a lot of people say gastronomista. Um, that seems more like a, a food spray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that will be our perfume line. <laughs> Eau de gastronomista. Yeah. I think there's something there. there, yeah. there what would it smell like? <laughs> Basil. Basil? I don't know if we can discuss smells on the radio, though. I mean, mm, that's like too... Smell vision. Yeah. <laughs> we can, though. We can. Um in Emily's email to me about what gastronomista uh, is inclusive of or who writes for it, and I'm taking this verbatim because I couldn't have said it better myself, uh, you are the kind of girls who know how to butcher a whole pig, uh, take your bourbon straight up, build chicken coops in your backyard, and throw an occasional ladylike tea party. Now, have you done all these things? Oh, we, ha- we haven't. We, <laughs> yeah. have, we have yet to build the chicken coop. Yeah. But three out of four ain't too bad. We've done a whole bunch of them. Yeah. 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 And we're very obsessed with chickens. Yeah. Um, and we've... Um, <laughs> there will be a chicken coop. <laughs> there will be a chicken coop. We've been doing a lot of research into the different shapes and sizes and dimensions yeah. and uh, utility levels of different um, structures of chicken coops. We should mention that Emily is an architect. Yeah. So... Um, we actually have worked on a competition for chicken coops. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So we're kind of all over the place yeah. as far as what we want to do. But I think that that's really um, the summation of Gastronomista is that it's a group of women with all different types of talents, all different types of interests, and um, you know, bringing all of their ideas and finds together and, and sharing it with the world. Yeah. So um, speaking of background pedigree, Emily is... A wonderful architect, graphic designer, works for, how do you say, Adage? David Adje. Adje Associates, uh, currently working on some big projects such as? The Smithsonian African American Museum on the Mall in D.C. Yeah. And I also worked on the Sugar Hill Project up in Harlem. Yeah. And So wouldn't you want your chicken coop built by the same person who's building a yeah. Smithsonian? Yes. I'm yes. one of many. Yeah. <laughs> a very talented, yeah. large group of people. Speaking of the annals of chickens. Yeah. 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 So I can, I can see the, you know, pedestals already. Yes. Um, yeah. We could do one for each culture. Yeah. Oh, you mean there each are many breed? For each breed. Yeah. And, um... The feathery feeded chickens. Yeah, yeah, the black Sumatra, which is the sexiest so chicken. <laughs> oh, That's you guys my have, favorite. How about a poolish? I have one of those in my backyard. They have oh, the, yeah. like Liberace kind of quaffs up top. They're it's really interesting. But do you? Totally what do you use your chicken for in your backyard? Just pure entertainment value, or for eggs, or are you well, going to one day? They're not. My, they're not mine. Oh. They're my landlord's. Uh, <laughs> my hands off. Yeah, they're, they're, they are a spectacle. My. Uh, Cat loves watching them, and I have threatened a spatchcock one if it did anything. Spatchcock? Yeah, it's, you know, split the... It's not a dirty <laughs> word. We're not FCC regulated, so I can at least yeah. say it, even though it doesn't imply what you're thinking. Right. Uh, split in the half, girl it. Oh, that one? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, the chickens aren't mine. But aside from chickens, let's get back to... <laughs> 
<laughs> so Emily is a bona fide architect. Used to work for Avroco too, which is yes. kind of like that great amalgamation of both architecture right. and food. And graphic design. And graphic design as they well. They have, you know, a really, really amazing model. Yeah. And we had Adam Farmery uh, on a prior show with his brother brad talking about their collaborative skills but yeah, they're very talented were you um a foodie were you you know excited I, about eating prior to working at Africo? i think the best uh, summation is hedonist <laughs> i pretty much love all things um, so it's not even epicurean it's just like far past that and well i mean it's yeah it's just kind of everything i think that I like to live large, and part of that is really enjoying what you eat, pursuing good food, pursuing good wine, pursuing good cocktails, pursuing good adventures, and, you know, just kind of living life to the max. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm about. And then food was just one thing that Jenny and I really had in common, and, you know, we would get together and throw these really fun dinner parties. And Yeah, in fact, the weekend that we... Really, we had been talking about doing gastronomy stuff for so long, and Since the weekend two thousand six or no, seven. Yep, and the weekend that we actually finally sat down and did it, I believe, was was that the weekend? No, well, I thought it was the weekend of the Valentine's Day party, but it wasn't. No. The Valentine's. We'll we'll tell you about this anyway, just oh, because it's quite funny. <laughs> so we threw um, a party. Um, Emily was up at Yale for um, her master's in architecture, and I would go up on the weekends, and we would go hang out, and of course, all of her graduate school friends were excited to have somebody cooking for them. Because so we, we were would... all starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in need of a drink. Yeah. Um, and Desperately. So we would throw these sort of very silly, over-the-top parties, and um, this one was, the theme was Love is a Battlefield, and everything, everything was... Spicy. Yeah, it was... We had uh, jalapeno margaritas, <laughs> and we, we had those, those chicken wings. Yeah. So we, many chicken... We made so many chicken wings, and everyone was like, oh my God. That's why you're trying to build a chicken coop, I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming. Yeah. We, yeah. Gotta, we, uh. gotta we also had Slim Jims and a bowl of um, those pink hearts that have the, you know... Like, the conversation hearts, yeah. But yeah. then also right next to it, a bowl of Tums. <laughs> okay. There was also some sort of other spicy meat entree, which I can't remember. No. The Slim Jims? No. <laughs> I know we had seared tuna with uh, jalapeno wasabi. Yeah, but the, the sort of, the, the big moment, the big reveal was this chocolate chili cake that was this very spicy cake with this very muddy looking um, chocolate frosting on top. And then and there was army a, men. It was literally a battlefield. <laughs> muddy, muddy bottle. Yeah. Of army men. Did and then it said love is a battlefield. Over and over mm-hmm. again. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. That, it was epic. Everyone was like, oh my gosh. So uh, no one... No one should question your passion for food after hearing that singular party itself. Um, so this collaboration was initially because you wanted to entertain and wanted to, as Emily said before, kind of be hedonist in all things food, wine, party. Um, and also celebrate all the things that surround food that are, are very often overlooked in blogs. Yeah, I read a lot of design blogs just because I'm a designer, so... Um, there's a lot of things that get picked up in the design blogs that never really make it into a food blog. And a lot of the food blogs are either recipes or, or restaurant, restaurant yeah. reviews. Yeah, food porn. Yeah, or food yeah. porn. And, and we're kind of doing something very different. That is, all the other things about food, restaurants, you know, silverware, glassware design. Yeah. Um, and that's why when I originally design, uh, read your blog, I'm like, it's like, my sister in in, in, in in the efforts of what the food scene tries to do is fo- you know not focus so much on the chefs right, uh, but right. focus on like the subsidiary right um, it's a, we do a lot of um a lot of coverage of art and design um some cultural things related to 
theater, but yeah, a lot more pop culture. Yeah, pop culture. Yeah. Like Katy Perry and Will Cotton. I don't know if you've seen this. So her California Girls video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's obviously um, this huge um, visual escape where you are in this dreamland of pink cotton candy and um, columns out of like candy canes. And all of that originated with Will Cotton, who's a visual artist who's very well respected in the community, but who does these nudes. Um, that are these beautiful painted portraits that are set in cotton candy. And Emily did this amazing side-by-side comparison of the Katy Perry video and Will Cotton's, um, his his sort of painted works. And so just sort of picking apart these ideas of art, design, visual elements, and then how they all are tied to food. And it really is sort of about this um, celebration of beautiful things, whether it's a beautiful plate of food or... Uh, you know, a, a piece of cotton candy that is strung around the body of a nude woman. Yeah, but I think we're much more inclined to to do more like the still life stuff to cover some beautiful still lives that artists are doing, yeah. or really amazing work that some of the food photographers are doing versus a lot of the food porn stuff. I think that we've kind of taken a, a two woman stand against food porn because it's really gratuitous and it's either it usually either a looks disgusting or. B is just overly gluttonous or it looks overstyled. Yeah. So I, my opinion is, is that if it's going to be styled, really style it, really do something new and interesting with it and make it extremely beautiful and make it almost transcend the level of food porn and into, into art. And so that's what, that's what we like to cover. Yeah. Our, our it, it's funny, like with this farm to table, you know, uh, movement that we're in, I think the naturalistic uh, overrides the fantastical and that you don't always get to, explore that artistic uh, element of food itself. But sometimes a little curation is not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like some little <laughs> styling goes yeah. a long way. One of, one of my favorite um, collections that Emily found um, was this site called Scanwitches, which oh, are yeah. sandwiches <laughs> that are taken at a, at a horizontal view and then scanned on a scanner. And so you see like a banh mi, you see a burger, you see like this amazing turkey sandwich with uh, cranberry chutney. And it's just... Um, Instead of shooting this gratuitous image of a sandwich, it becomes um, really this striated, if if that's the word, like this layered um, selection of textures. It's a diagram. And what's really cool about scanning is that the the part that touches the scanner comes in at super high detail, and then there's a really weird foreshortening that happens with everything behind it. So the images are really distorted, but they're, they're extremely beautiful. And that's scan wishes. Mm-hmm. Scanwiches. That's awesome. That's <laughs> we can make scanwiches. Yeah. We can make scanwiches. Yeah, I think you have to devote like a. <laughs> I think you have to devote a whole other scanner for that, though. You know, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. scanners are only like a hundred dollars now, yeah, so yeah. it's no big deal. Exactly. Yeah. Get your Chipotle like, mayo on. This is know, my cupcake stuff. scanner, and this is my. <laughs> oh, now you have scanners for cupcake sandwiches. A whole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. If you're kosher. Entrees. Yeah. If you're kosher. Yeah. You gotta have dairy and meat. <laughs> um. Before I forget, I also want to get to Jennifer's background. Uh, she's been around food for a while. I actually met uh, Jennifer, which you reminded me, not that I ever forgot, uh, while having many water cooler moments at Ann Saxoby's cheese stand in the Essex Market, uh, where we do a similar kind of rapport that you two have about food. Um, but And I remember one of our very first conversations yeah. uh, was about your making... Tof- um, 
what's it called? Uh, the chicken inside of the turkey. Oh, turducken. Charcuterie. Yeah. Yeah. Making it Amazing. and then slicing it very, very, oh, yeah. very thin. And I'll I was very never impressive. do that again. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. It's a pain in the ass, but I sold it for a good amount of money. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Stuff Who did there. you sell that to? Just random people. People. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the street. I'm like, you want a turducken? <laughs> Open up the coat yeah. jacket. Yeah. You were like the guy in the subway with the churros. But oh, yeah. Instead, yeah. you were selling turducken charcuterie. Yeah. Slice it, you That's know, amazing. for Thanksgiving. You were at the Bedford L stop. Yeah. It was kind like of a, a plaid shirt. It was kind of <laughs> absurd. It was it was using the technique that I had learned in restaurants for years to do something like grossly kitschy, and uh, yeah, it, it was maybe I'll do it again, but it's such a pain in the ass, and I don't have a sous vide machine anymore. I would exploit the restaurants out of <laughs> So, yeah. if anyone wants to give me a CVAP to do turducken charcuterie, give me a holler. Done. But uh, after. You know, personal chefing, or as I like how you explained in email, uh, being a professional foodie, uh, you work for Denya Baloud uh, as a research assistant for a long time. Yes. Um, and what did you do in that role? So I um, I started cooking at Danielle probably six years ago now. Um, I was actually, the way that I got into the professional world officially, Emily and I were um, at Schiller's, our local sitting at the bar, enjoying a, a boozy brunch, as we often did and far still occasionally often. do. <laughs> far, far too often. <laughs> and um, we noticed this sort of good-looking guy down the bar, and um, he happened to be reading the book The Perfectionist about which, Bernard Loiseau. Which yeah. you got up and looked at when he went outside. <laughs> is that is no, that the but, sequel to um, Burgundy Stars? Or that's um, the no, prequel? It's, but it's about Bernard Loiseau. Yeah, who, uh, it's about yeah. Um, him basically losing a star and then either directly or indirectly related committing suicide. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, I apparently, after he left the room, I went up and checked out his book. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he must be a chef. And this was when I was sort of very starry-eyed about the whole chef and restaurant world. Are you no longer? Uh, <laughs> no, I definitely yeah. still am. Yeah. But at the time, you know, 21 years old and um, never having worked in a restaurant kitchen before, all of these men in their whites are just so attractive, like sort of in the way, especially when you move to New York for the first time, you see chefs in a way that um, that I certainly had never seen them before. I'd never seen chefs in a dining room. Yeah. And, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies um, and making this, you know, extraordinary food. So I, I had been really excited about the possibility of working in a restaurant um, kitchen. So I started chatting with this guy down the bar and it turns out that he was the sous chef at Danielle, Brian yeah. Reamer. And um, he said, yeah, sure. Come work for me. No problem. And he sort of misunderstood what I was saying. I think he thought that I was already cooking professionally yeah. <laughs> somewhere. But so I called the next week and he said, yeah, sure. Come in. Black pants, black shoes, white shirt, bring your knives. And I said, knives. Can you say that all over again though? You know, what was the dress? It was black pants, black shoes, uh, wait, black pants, black shoes, white shirt, bring your knives. Okay. Now yeah. I, I, I see that being a really cool hip hop song about. The food culture <laughs> <and> the, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it actually it would be great. Yeah. Um, and so I showed up the first day and had never been in a professional kitchen before. And so I'm at restaurant Danielle, you know, four stars, one of the most prestigious kitchens in the world, certainly in New York. And um, I didn't know any of the, the cooking terms. I didn't know a bain-marie. I didn't know a cannelle. I didn't know lavash or lavage or a half hotel pan. Like when someone tells you, go get a half hotel, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. So they let me sort of sit in the back and I was peeling um, 
Eckerton Hill Farm heirloom tomatoes, and I'd never seen heirloom tomatoes that were so beautiful and so many colors and so wrinkly. So I'm peeling these and peeling these and peeling these, and then um, concussing them. And then plunging them in water, and then I, they didn't yelling. even give yeah. me that ability yeah. yet. It was literally they had already been scored and blanched, and I was yeah. just peeling them. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm peeling them, and then Jean-Francois Bruel, our executive chef at Danielle, walks over. He's very short, he's very French, um, and he goes to shake my hand, and I reach out to shake his, and I knocked over an entire tray of already peeled tomatoes onto his feet. Et voilà. Yeah. Yeah, voilà. <laughs> and so he shook his head and walked away. Um, but I sort of begged him at the end of the night if I could come back the following week. And then I ended up working there for um, a year and a half on Saturdays, just um, doing whatever they asked me to do and sort of working my way up on the line. But to answer your, your original question, um, while working for Danielle, I helped him to develop restaurant concepts and really to do whatever um, madman Danielle Blue yeah. wanted to do. <laughs> yes. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and figure out how after Jennifer pulled the wool over Danielle's eyes and uh, started collaborating with Emily, gastronomista. See, it is tough. (laughs) It is tough. Um, Ended up on a Blackberry commercial. We'll be right back. service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune in to the main course Sundays at 12 p.m. with hosts Patrick Martins and Katie Kiefer. They examine issues from the interconnected worlds of agriculture, cuisine, and sustainability. They sit down with key players in the chain from producer to consumer, farmers, distributors, chefs, activists, and journalists. The main course explores every important component of the eating experience, how the farmers raise their product, the distribution channels that move the product, how the chefs prepare it, and how ethics and policy affect everyone involved. Again, that's the main course, Sundays at noon, on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with two other people that have three names, Jennifer Lynn Pelka <laughs> and Emily Arden-Wells, quite possibly my best-dressed guests yet, Aww. even though I've alluded uh, to someone wearing a tuxedo on the show and they weren't really wearing one. So suspended belief on the radio. Was it a tuxedo t-shirt? Oh, I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anything anyone believes, you know, because uh, they don't know what we're wearing. So I'm, I'm wearing all my... I'm too heavy for my clothes uh, <laughs> clothes today because of a long trip in Montreal. Uh, but that's a whole nother show. I uh, wanted to kind of get back to Jennifer's uh, uh, time with Daniel Baloud, um, the Alsatian 
sensation. Yes. I thought I was making that up in my head. I'm like, did I really just come up with that? It's awesome. Uh, working as a research assistant uh, in the bowels of Danielle Restaurant, um, on to working with uh, the Boku Duor Association, which we've actually covered before uh, on the food scene. Um, but do you want to explain that again a little bit? Uh, what the organization really is? Yeah, sure. So the Boku Duor is the most prestigious international culinary competition. Um, it's hosted every two years in Lyon, in France, by Paul Bocuse, who is uh, really the Pope of hot cuisine, and he was the first chef to come out of the kitchen and into the dining room. So he's the kind of guy who is, like, really, really larger than life. Like, he walks around Lyon in southern France wearing whites all the time <laughs> and the tallest toque you could possibly imagine and his French Legion of Honor medal around his neck. Yeah. Like everywhere he goes. No, I mean I do. The, I, I, I I do the same. Yeah, but I mean I didn't earn any that's, of that. That's what Michael's so, doing yeah. today. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> the biggest toke ever. The yeah. biggest toke ever. Um, so Paul Bocuse has um, he's hosted this competition for 24 years, and the United States has always competed, but hasn't had a tremendous um, following or interest, um, and there hasn't been a lot of support for it. Um, so Paul Bocuse asked Danielle and Thomas Keller to take over the U.S. efforts, and so with that, there was a tremendous fundraising effort, um, as well as um, reaching out to all of the best young chefs to compete and um, also getting the support from older chefs um, who are more established in terms of training these candidates to compete. So the last two teams that have gone um, have been of much higher level stature than yeah. ever before. Um, Timothy Hollingsworth from the French Laundry and uh, most recently a candidate from 11 Madison Park. So I was involved when, when Timmy went and it was pretty amazing to get to go over to Lyon with the chefs um, and to you know run around lay on with them eat with them and then really be there to support the team yeah so is this anything you guys care about in gastronomista or would you care more so about who made those silver platters i know it was some like crazy car company that put right. those together yeah i think um i think that we from the gastronomista angle actually we've done a little bit of coverage of it um from the perspective of how many women are or are not competing yeah we don't spend a lot of time on the site really discussing like gender issues yeah but occasionally it comes up yeah i mean you do use the tagline eat like a girl yes how do you define that eat whatever you want yeah <laughs> eat it eat it with meaning yeah like it enjoy it don't yeah. regret it so i mean gender issues is there a specific slant written towards women or is it for the fellas as well it's definitely for the fellas yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely from our perspective which is very much of food loving men loving yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely a heterosexual, female-driven... You know, we, we talk lustily about certain men. Yeah. And women... Especially Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we like him. You, you don't want to... <laughs> yeah. You got to watch out for that. Uh, what's her name? Octavia, though. Yes, yes. it's true. There's a, this amazing image of him that was taken by Melanie Dunea, where he's... Um, it's from the Last Meals book of hers, where he's standing... Um, Head to toe, fully naked, except he's holding a lamb shank. Yeah. Um, just so. Yeah. And it's a pretty amazing image. I was about to say, <laughs> I've had guests on the show that have come in dress like That's that how, as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's from a female perspective, but it's not just for females. No. And how do you kind of uh, gear stylistically your writing or your content um, to include all the genders? Well, I would say all of 
all of our contributors are women yeah and they're a diverse group so it's we have a, a sommelier we have a filmmaker we have emily who's of course a graphic designer and an architect and i uh, we have a cheesemaker we have a woman who does food styling for the food network uh, so we have a, a pretty broad range and in terms of voice it's definitely pretty forward yeah and flirty almost yeah and yeah I, I would think we're just doing what we do and you know i for instance read urban daddy i think urban daddy is really entertaining and fun even though it's specifically you know written for men yeah but i really enjoy their tone and i enjoy that you know they're men celebrating women and their love of women and in some ways like i think we're doing the same thing which is just women celebrating women celebrating men and celebrating you know, our love for food and life. Yeah. And, and so, right. And just because we're girls, it doesn't mean that all we like is cupcakes. Sure. We like cupcakes, but we also like bourbon. Yeah. And oysters and absinthe yeah. oh, uh, yes. as, as displayed on a recent review. I, I wouldn't even call it a review. No, it's less of a review. It, experience like yeah. it, it, diary type uh, uh, experience at Maison Premier. Was yes. that what it's called? Yes. A uh, new oyster joint on Bedford Ave here in yes. Williamsburg. It's pretty nice. And do tell how that experience was. Oh, it was quite good. Um, it, I really like the restaurant as far from an aesthetic perspective. It has this amazing horseshoe bar, uh, which actually Jen and I have fantasized about putting in restaurants <laughs> someday yep. down the line. Yeah. Um, the most and, important architectural feature of any restaurant is the shape of its bar. And the placement of its bar. The bar is critical. Yeah. Um, but and anyway. the materials. Yes, of course. And the lighting. The, you must have dim lighting. <laughs> must have romantic lighting because yeah. if you look and bad in a bar, nobody's going to come back. And the, and the uniforms. <laughs> and the food. <laughs> and the waiters. Yeah. And the music. And the waiters. Oh, and, and the food. And the food. Also the food. Yeah. Food's pretty. <laughs> so, horseshoe bar. But not as important <laughs> as the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, back to Maison Premier. Um, you know, it's based on the ye old absinthe house in New Orleans. And um, I've never been there, but now I'm going to have to go and visit it. Uh, but I bet that they did a, you know, a nice revival restaurant that's um, got the whole Brooklyn vibe going on. And, you know, they had lots of different oysters that were all really really tasty and delicious and i never had absinthe and oysters together which yeah, i actually thought was neither. a really great pairing yeah so i mean the absinthe they it's in cocktails they louche different absinths i just like saying the word louche because Loosh. the crazy little silver drip thing that you know yeah. uh, separates absinthe into water i think mm-hmm. um, it's the chemical reaction that happens. yeah yeah and i randomly have a loucher at my house if anyone wants a loucher also give me a call that's good to know um <laughs> So oysters, absinthe, were there any highlights? Because I saw that list and it was just kind of an epic list. Yeah, it was. I think, um, I believe it's the goose points that I like the most. Um, I really wanted to try, was it the Hogs Bay, Hogs Creek, something like that? Hog Island? Yeah, the Hog yeah. Island. The, those I really wanted to try, but they weren't there the night that we were there. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah. Tamales Bay, California, rock on. I'm, I love oysters. Yeah. Um, I, I need to study up more on them I, I always get so excited when they're in front of me i just want to eat them um, i know they always so go you know like study. clockwise counterclockwise around point yeah. to say this is this this is this i usually already have two down by the time they right, like, right. have said the second thing i'm like right. what's, what's what what's right what? and by yeah. the time the second absinthe came i was like yeah it's all great everything's wonderful i was surprised that you can even recall uh your experience there if it's i mean how many absinths do you actually go through <laughs> 
I only had two. Okay. So I thought it was like a pairing per. That you remember. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that I remember. That would be, they, they actually probably should do that. My only criticism was that I felt like the cocktails all tasted the same. Yeah. So I think it's just the absinthe is super overpowering. So it's really difficult to make a distinct cocktail. And yeah. I don't know enough about absinthe yet where I can actually taste the difference in the different, um, you know, yeah, spirits. It all tastes like licorice to me. Yeah, um, it's pretty strong and potent stuff, though. It's, so, I mean, it sounds it has, like it was a good meal, but on, on your bios on your site, too, you reference uh, favorites, flirtation things, blah, blah, blah. But also your favorite foods and meals. What might those be, like the most memorable time you ate out or the, the food you're most passionate about now? I think a lot of our favorite meals, I mean, of course, they change by the week. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, what was your favorite thing you ate <laughs> yeah. within the last two Soon it will be days. Roberta's Pizza. Yes. Um, Because it's obsessions. Yeah. Right. It's sort of current obsessions. And seasonal. And seasonal, absolutely. But I think really a lot of times it gets back to who you're eating with, where you're eating, and why. Uh, One of my favorite meals that Emily and I have ever had together was, again, for another big dinner party we did where we um, cooked a whole ham and cherry Coke. Oh, it was so legendary. Awesome. Wait, no, I was there. I stopped by. No, oh, I've done it oh, twice. Okay, you've done I've it. Done okay. it twice. Yeah. Um, the one, oh, but you have had it. Yes, it's amazing. It. Yeah, it's, it's pretty You like awesome. have dreams about it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. We we have a recipe for it on Gastronomy, so you can look it up there. And um, it's the the origin of it. Of course, it's kind of a southern thing, but Nigella Lawson has, uh, I think, the perfect recipe for it. And basically, what you do is you take a ham, you uh, bring it up to a simmer with water just to sort of take some of the excess salt off of it. Um, then you pour the water out and then, and you just put it in the biggest pot you can find. And then you pour as much sherry Coke as you have available on top of that it. Was so very that was very British it. of you in, in explaining that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's done yeah. a few glugs of cherry Coke. Yeah. Um, and then you just boil it for like three hours and then it's done. Yeah. And it's really, really so good. Then, like it's speaking nice. of Nigella, who, uh, a lot of people, I think, uh, look towards as one of the sexiest uh, food, mm-hmm. you know, mavens out there. Do you look towards her as your muse? Um, I mean, is she somebody that you try to influence uh, your writing or your, you know, adventures? Um, I wouldn't say muse. I mean, I'd definitely say she's, um, you know, prominent figure who is without a doubt inspired what we do as women in, in the food world. Um, but... You know, I think that we're, we just kind of do our thing. Yeah. I think we'd say that Nigella is in the same club that we're in. (laughs) I mean, she's in her club is, is more exclusive than ours, but we would, we would welcome her into our club. Yeah. I hope she would welcome us into her club. (laughs) No, we love her. She's amazing. She's, she's really beautiful and talented and the way that. You know, she has attracted such a following, and the way she just talks about food. You know, she's oh yeah, it just she's exudes, amazing. Yeah. It just comes out. But you guys are TV stars too, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> are you being bashful? Are you blushing a little bit? Uh, having starred on, a, it was a BlackBerry app commercial, BlackBerry yes. phone commercial, BlackBerry app, and uh, the line. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! Well, we did it better on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really weird. We did it at the same time without practicing. Yeah. Like, it just kind of happened, and all the producers were like, did you get that? Yeah. Did, did you get yeah. that? <laughs> so Jennifer and Emily were on this BlackBerry commercial. Uh, and the specific app was... It's an Urban Spoon super app. Yeah. It's not an app. It's a super app. The super app. Uh, but you went out to eat at, what, Mile End? Um, Bobo. Yeah. 
and M. Wells. Yeah. Three oh, of our... They, yeah. the, what was amazing out, yeah. in, in putting the commercial together, they really let us choose where we wanted to shoot. So we gave them a, a short list of probably 30 or 50 restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> That's our short list. <laughs> and um, Roberta's here actually was on the list as yeah. well. Um, and we got to go there. So we, we really got to sort of run around town and eat a lot of our favorite food. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. actually really painful because when you were shooting it, they wouldn't let you eat it. What? And we were like, but... But don't t- don't take it back. Yeah, you know. And after about that tenth time of it, we were like, just just let us eat. <laughs> so they gave you like waters and granola in in the car yeah. rides. But we managed to put back a few of the beauties from yeah. uh, from Myland. Yeah, and so good. Yeah, they're so amazing. We got this awesome, totally killer maple and berry pie that was made for us fresh, right out of the oven, impromptu, from M. Wells. And it was late at night. We were really hungry. And they made this sort of, like, beautiful maple custard. Yeah. And these, like, gloppy, really, really beautiful berries. Oh, I so don't want to hear about maple. Yeah. I just got back from Montreal. I do. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, yeah, there are two Montreal-based yeah, yeah. restaurants. Yeah, so. and I went to, uh, how do you say his name, Huge? Yeah, I think yeah. that's how you pronounce it. Uh, used to be the chef at PDC, Alpe de Cachon, yes. which I have just gluttonously returned from um and i'm on a salad week this week because of such but Soup and salad. um that that must have been an awesome experience though with the blackberry commercial have you heard a lot back have you uh seen a yeah. spike in readership yeah our, our readership has gone up um we've received a lot of we've rec- received some fan mail Yes. <laughs> Some weird stalkerish. No, mail. it's less of that. But what's actually been the weirdest is that because they cut out the name of the blog, people think we're actors. So there's oh. been a lot of things that I've picked up on Twitter where like, is, are these girls real? Has anybody oh, seen interesting. this? So it's you know, been it's obviously... trying to intercept it. And, yeah. You know, and they've been in touch with Urban Spoon. Unfortunately, Urban Spoon has been pointing them to us. Yeah. They're... It was. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I didn't realize that they hadn't mentioned it just because I guess I know right. your blog and yeah. know you that right. I just it was a given. Yeah, um, it was a real shame. Yeah, it, it was. But but nonetheless, nonetheless it was an amazing, an amazing experience. opportunity. Yeah, very <laughs> litigious of you. Yeah. Um, yes, very cool. So what's happening with ga- Gastronomista? What what are you know the new ventures and articles coming up that you might be well able to we're looking in. for writers yeah so anyone who's out there who's interested in contributing we would love to send you out on assignment um and yeah i mean we're looking for anybody who's a, a bright fun girl who really wants to sort of use this space as a as a platform and just have fun you hear that ladies ladies Ladies. Uh, but we also have a couple of other bigger projects that are on the books. Um, we've been talking about doing some art films, um, which which are kind of a hybrid of food styling and our own creative story. One of our contributors, Ariadne Axe, is a, yeah. a very accomplished filmmaker in her own right. And yes. so we've been thinking about how to work that into the scene, yeah. well, how to really use that. And that will happen. It's just a matter of all of us getting our schedules together and yeah. you know, coming up with big ideas for it so we have we, there's a couple kicking around and you know that'll happen now who, who was that Adorane Ariadne Axe now here's her a question her real name is uh, Rami Lee Park yeah that's what I was about to ask there are many pseudonyms on the site yes and I don't even know how to pronounce yours correctly but introduce yourself with your pseudonym <laughs> so I'm Daphne Duquesne and that's Jennifer Lynn Pelka yeah <laughs> and I'm Emily Arden Wells Emma Emerson Miss M. Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> Miss M. Emerson. But, but why, uh, you know, so, pen names? It, it was kind of twofold. One of which was that I had just graduated from architecture school and I was on the, on the job market looking for 
an architectural position. So I was very self-conscious about starting to write um, pretty sassy blog entries under my own name yeah. and then looking for an architectural job. Um, so that was part of my push for it. But it was also a move just to kind of create a, a bigger air about the site and um, kind of a culture. And we, we, we've just been playing off of the idea of the hostesses and kind of this old world um, hosting culture. And which, every, all, of the, all of the girls' names, all of the hostesses on the site, they're all alliterative, alliterative excuse me. So it's, um, you know, Ariadne Axe, Daphne Duquesne, Emma Emerson, Sandrine Sobriquet. And Gemma they, Gray. Is our new yeah, writer. and you just keep yeah. on going on and on and on. And um, there's something really fun about it um, for writers and for contributors to take on this persona of somebody who's a little bit old timey, kind of proper sounding, yeah. but also has the freedom to really sort of explore yeah. in that space. To and butcher I think, a pig and you know, right. uh, well, it is a, chicken coops. And yeah. the writing is kind of a different tone than I think that any of us would write in our normal right. jargon. But but that actually makes it. Um, so much better and more liberating because you you can kind of just have fun with it and play it up and you know write a fun post versus feeling self-conscious about it i think that level of removal really helps us be extra creative and and extra um outgoing on the site which i think is helpful excellent well i wanted to thank both of you thank you so much all for four of you, you. i'm <laughs> counting your pseudonyms yeah. um, for being on the show and ladies if you're looking for what is it a gnome de plume to express your inner gastronomista check out gastronomista.com wow i said it right two times in a row yeah, i was job. very excited <laughs> you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.com hope to have you back here next tuesday at three ciao Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. following is a public service announcement from Heritage Foods USA. In late March, Dan, Andrea, Patrick, and the Heritage team are traveling to the coldest reaches of the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont to help the Cantor family tap sugar maple trees. Then the maple sap will flow down to the sugar house where it is boiled gently over a wood fire just as it has been for generations. Just a few days later, this grade A amber syrup will be poured into the beautiful glass jugs and sent to you for pancakes, waffles, desserts, glazing hams, or just drinking by the spoonful. There's only a limited supply, so order today. Each one-liter bottle is $45, including delivery. Delivery will be at the end of March, and we will notify you of the exact shipping date. Each shipment will include a CD explaining the whole process. You can also follow us on YouTube while we work and bottle. In the meantime, you can head over to the Heritage Radio Network archives and listen to Linda Palaccio talk about maple syrup on her show, A Taste of the Past, Episode 12. For more information, visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com. The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Join wine impresarios Aaron Fitzpatrick and Brian DeMarco as they dish out on the latest industry news with winemakers and tastemakers on Heritage Radio Network's revamped wine show, Unfiltered. 
Erin Fitzpatrick, one of the first hosts on HRN with her program at the root of it, amps up the volume and unfiltered content with co-host Brian DeMarco in this 2011 Redux. True to the original format, Aaron and Brian will keep you abreast of current happenings and break down the news and global events, distilling complex into anecdotal stories that inspire. From media and political events to hailstorms in Argentina, no topic is out of bounds. Tune in every week to hear them chat up the industry's biggest personalities and host on-air tastings with visiting vintners and the country's hottest sommeliers. Whether you're an expert or an enthusiast, Unfiltered demystifies wine and lets you know what it really takes to get a bottle from the vineyard to your neighborhood wine shop. Unfiltered broadcasts live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network. The following is a public service announcement from the Museum of Food and Drink. Dave Arnold and Patrick Martins have gathered a team of New York's most innovative chefs and bartenders to create a nine-course fundraiser lunch at Del Posto, Sunday, March 27th. Their intent? To kickstart the greatest food museum in the world. The menu for this unprecedented event is derived from educational themes of the museum. Chefs will draw inspiration from sources outside their normal sphere. How will a cutting-edge chef handle the Paleolithic, or a dish only using pre-Columbian ingredients? What will a modern Italian chef do with ancient Rome? The chefs include David Chang of Momofuku, Wiley Dufresne of WD-50, Mark Ladner of Del Posto, Nils Noren of the French Culinary Institute, Cesare Casella of Salumeria Rossi, Carlo Maracci of Roberta's, Brooks Headley of Del Posto, and Christina Tozzi of Momofuku Milk Bar. Bartenders include Audrey Sanders of Pegu Club, Thomas Waugh of Death & Company, Simon Ford of Pernod Ricard, Damon Bolte of Prime Meats, and Eben Clem of BR Guest Restaurants. Proceeds from the event will directly support the Museum of Food and Drink. Tickets are very limited and $250 per person. To purchase tickets, please visit mofad.eventbrite.com. That's M-O-F-A-D dot eventbrite.com. Once again, M-O-F-A-D dot E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. Sponsored by Pernod Ricard, Heritage Foods USA, Pat LaFrieda Meats, Barterhouse Wines, Del Posto Restaurant.